Oh dear. Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, I share my thoughts on why most developer CVs suck and how to fix yours. Now on to the show. So a quick piece of housekeeping before we get into today's episode. Firstly, I'd like to shout out to at a mug of Java on Twitter who donated five coffees to support the show this week. So that is much, much appreciated. And if anybody listening would like to do the same, then you're more than welcome to coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. I also had a kind of CV coaching call this week with said individual, which was really good. Glad that I could help out. And on that note, if at the end of this episode, you want me to help you with your CV, you can hit me up at coffeeencodingpod.com slash one-on-one and you can just book your free coaching session right there. And that leads me further on to this Friday, May 14, 2021 at 4 p.m. GMT. I am hosting a live Q&A, which you can sign up for either via Slack. If you're not already on the Coffee Encoding Slack, you can join by going to coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. And once you're on the Slack, you can just join the live QA channel and you will get the Zoom link for this Friday's live Q&A. Alternatively, you can visit the website at coffeeencodingpod.com slash live QA and you can sign up right there and I'll email you the link to the Zoom chat on Friday as well. So if you have questions for me, if you want to talk about your CV, you want to talk about your LinkedIn, you want to talk about development, you want to talk about Flutter, you want to talk about freelancers, whatever you want to talk about, bring your questions and hopefully I will see you on Friday. And finally, about today's episode, I'd really appreciate some feedback on today's episode. So if you listen and you find it useful, let me know. And if you listen and you don't find it useful or you think it's totally wrong, then also please let me know. This is all through the lens of my own experience, having been doing this since 2012. So hopefully people do find it useful. And again, your feedback would be much appreciated. And now on to the show. So recently I've been asked by a bunch of people, so experienced developers that I know and that I've worked with who are looking to make the jump from permanent to freelance or, you know, from doing web development to Flutter. And I've also had people ask me who are new to development. So, you know, they've been learning something for six months and they have no quote unquote experience, but they would like to get a job in that field. How do they craft both both sets of people have asked me, how do they craft their CV to make either make the jump or, you know, to go perm to freelance or for a career change in development, all these different kinds of things. And I've been sent a few CVs and they've not been great. They've not been terrible. I would say they've been traditional. And in my opinion and in my experience, traditional is not the thing that's going to land you the interview. And so that's why I made this video. So I've been a freelance Android developer since 2012 which is at the time of this recording, that would be nine years that I've been doing this. And I had no background in Android when I started. I had no professional qualifications in Android. In Android in 2012, I don't even think you could get a professional qualification in Android. And I learned as a hobby and I released several apps across the period of maybe a year to build portfolio. And then I landed my first freelance gig and that's what I've been doing ever since. And since then, I've spoken to enough recruiters to know what they're looking for in terms of CVs and what's going to get their attention. And not only that, but in recent years, as the most senior developer on the team or lead developer on a lot of projects that I've worked on, I've been involved in the hiring process. So I'd get CVs to review and I'd get to give them the thumbs up or thumbs down and get to say if I'd like to interview them. 
And then I'd be involved in the interview process and tech tests and all of that kind of stuff. And then at the end of that, I'd be part of that decision process to say, would this person be a good fit for this team and should we hire them? And so that's the reason why I want to make this video, because having seen so many CVs over the years that I've been doing this and having seen so many done, as I said before, traditionally, which in my opinion is wrong. And the reason I would say that is because the way that you have to look at it, or at least the way that I look at it is a CV is your ticket to the interview. That is it. That's all your CV is. It's your ticket to the interview. It's what's going to get you to the interview. And then once you get to the interview, it's a whole different skill set and a whole different thing to get the gig. But if you can't get to that interview, you don't have a chance of getting the gig. And a lot of things you would have been told about CVs, or at least what I was told about CVs when I was in high school, which is really the only time anyone ever talks to you about what your CV should look like, was your contact details go at the top. It's very important. It's still very important. So, you know, do that. Personal statement, which would be like, I'm very hardworking, I learn fast, I work well under pressure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you'd have like a little paragraph about yourself and then you'd have your experience and you'd say, you know, I have three years experience as an iOS developer. And then you'd have a couple of paragraphs underneath that talking about what you did when you worked at IBM. And then underneath all of that, you'd have your education. And then underneath all of that, you would have, you know, hobbies or interests outside of work. So the thing straight off the bat that I really don't like about that structure is one personal statement. Let's be honest, right? How many people are going to write in their personal statement? I'm super lazy. I'm going to be late for work. I don't do things on time. I don't do things the right way. I'm argumentative. Like nobody's going to write those things. Everybody writes the same thing. You know, I'm hardworking. I work well under pressure. I learn fast, all of that kind of stuff. So no weight is given to what it says in your personal statement. Like literally nobody's going to read that and be like, you know what? I'm going to hire this person because I think that their personal statement is the person that we're looking for. So straight away, you can just scrap that, delete it. It's just wasted space. Then the next thing I would say is hobbies, right? That's another thing, which is I have on my CV at the bottom, it says hobbies and it's got like one line that says, I don't even remember what it says now, you know, I like raspberry pies and I like rugby and I like MMA and, you know, a couple of other things, right? But nobody really gives weight to that either. So it's a nice thing to have because it says something about you, but it should be at the maximum one sentence of just commas of things. So going on to what are my top tips about how to improve your CV so that you can actually land the gig. So the first thing that I think is a problem with people's CVs that I've seen is too much text. So like I said before, personal statement, nobody's going to read that. And then the same thing folds into the rest of your CV. So you write your experience, people write paragraphs of their experience or really long sentences of their experience. That's way too much text. And that's too much text for two reasons, right? One, the more text you write, the less space you have to talk about all the things you can do. So we can all do lots and lots and lots of things, right? In the development world, we work with lots of SDKs and APIs and have experience in all these different things. The more text you write, or I should say the more irrelevant text you write, the less space you have for the things that matter. So that's the first thing. The second thing is bullet points. Bullet points make everything much easier to read. If I have two CVs, and one of them has bullet points and one of them just has walls of text. The one that's going to draw my attention is the bullet points because I can very quickly look through that CV and be like, yes or no. Whereas this one, I'm going to have to read this whole thing to figure out 
if this person's right for the job. And if I've got 15 CVs in front of me, I'm not going to read that person's whole thing because somewhere in these other 14 candidates, there's a person that's also right for the job. And the other thing that you have to remember, or I guess something that people need to keep in mind is that you have to write your CV in a way that somebody who has no idea what it is that you do can read your CV and know whether or not you deserve an interview for the role that they are recruiting for. And when I say they have no idea, you have to think about it like this. Most most roles are recruited for by recruiters, right? Whether they're in-house recruiters or they're external recruiters, it's recruiters who get the CV, put you forward for the role because they're going to get paid if you get the gig. Most recruiters, I would say 99% of the recruiters that I've ever worked with or that I've ever even met, and it's been the same when I've talked to other people in the industry in terms of recruiters that they've worked with, they don't know what they're recruiting for. They have a spec sheet that says, you know, I'm looking for an iOS developer. They need to have three years experience in Swift UI. They need to have this. They need to have that. They need to have this, right? They don't know what that stuff is. They don't know what Swift UI is. They don't know what Xcode is. They don't know any of that stuff, right? So they can't read your CV and be like, oh, this guy sounds like a good candidate in the way that you or I could read a developer's CV and know whether that person has got the experience that we want because we understand what it is that we're looking for. They don't. They understand the keywords, right? So they have a spec sheet that says, I'm looking for an iOS developer that has three years experience in Swift UI. So they're going to get a CV. They're going to skim it for the word Swift UI. They see the word Swift UI. Okay, cool. When did they start doing Swift UI? Oh, it says that they did this project in 2017. That's four years ago. Okay, cool. They meet the criteria. So that's how you have to write your CV. You have to write it in a way where somebody that just has a spec sheet can skim through your CV, see the keywords that match their spec sheet, and then they'll give you a call and be like, hey, would you like to interview for this role? So that's where too much text is a problem because you can't skim it and because you're wasting space to add all the keywords that you want. Bullet points is what you want. Bullet points is what you want so that it's easily skimmable. It's easy to separate things out and it's you can get more information on there in bullet points in a really easily readable form. And then finally, your bullet points want to contain keywords, right? Because people are going to be skimming your CV for those keywords. So that moves on to point number two. And something that I see that's wrong with a lot of people's CVs is that they repeat themselves a lot. So I've been an Android developer since 2012, right? Which means I've been doing Java since 2012 on Android. I've been doing Kotlin since, you know, 2016, 17, probably. And a lot of people, what they will do is every role that they've had, they'll write Java. And then in 2017, it will change to Java and Kotlin. And every role will say Java and Kotlin. And every role will say, I've worked with REST APIs. And every role will say, I've worked with MySQL databases. Because they've done that in all of these roles, right? Which is standard. You That's what you would expect. But the problem is you're wasting space because the recruiter doesn't have on their spec sheet. It needs to say three times on your CV that you know how to work with MySQL databases. They have MySQL. They skim your CV. They see MySQL. So you only have to have it one. That's it. So on my CV, it will say somewhere in one of my experiences, I have Java or Kotlin and somewhere else, one of them will say Java, somewhere else it will say Kotlin, somewhere else it will say something else, but it won't repeat itself. And a lot of the time what I do now is because I've been doing it for so long, because I do short-term gigs, so that's a lot of things to put in your CV, I'll just put what was the most interesting thing in the last gig that I worked on. So for example, the last gig that I worked on, I worked with stuff related to CB radios. Never done that before. So one of the bullet points on my last experience is worked with CB radios on Android. It's that simple. And the third thing that I see, the problem with people's CVs, imposter syndrome, right? So people write on their CVs, basic experience in this I did this thing for three days. I've done some tutorials on this, all this kind of stuff, right? Are you, think about it, are you going to hire somebody, if you have two developers, right? 
let's say you've got two Flutter developers and one of them says on their CV, I've done X, Y, and Z tutorial about lists on Flutter. And somebody else puts on their CV, I have experience working with lists on Flutter. I have experience in this other thing. You could both have the same amount of experience, but how you write it is really important because like I said, you want to get to the interview. If you lie and you say you have lots of experience in something that you don't and you get to the interview, you'll get found out. And if you don't get found out in the interview, you'll get found out when you start working there and they'll let you go really quick. So don't lie. But if you have experience in something, even if it was one day worth of experience working on this one thing, you write down experience in whatever that thing is. That's it. You don't have to say it was a tutorial. You don't have to say it was basic experience or one day's worth of experience. You just say experience in whatever. Now you're not lying. And in the interview, if you get to the interview, they'll dig into your experience and you can explain to them how much experience you have. And then those people can decide whether or not that's enough experience to get the gig or whether or not you can learn on the on the job, which a lot of the time you totally can. So don't downplay your achievements. And then the final thing, I think we're on the fourth thing. I'm kind of lost now, but the fourth, let's go with four. The fourth and final thing, especially for people that are new to whatever it is they're doing. So you could have been a web developer for the last 10 years and now you want to do Flutter. That makes you new at Flutter, right? On your CV, if you don't have any experience in the thing, like quote unquote professional experience, you've never worked anywhere as a Flutter developer, you need to have portfolio to demonstrate your skills and so that you have something to put on your CV because there's no point saying on your CV, every experience you have as a web developer and then at the top, it says, you know, I've been practicing Flutter at home and I'd really like to get a role as a Flutter developer because people won't hire you because you won't make it to the interview because that person that's that gatekeeper that's looking at your cv is going to see that sentence or that that statement or that paragraph if they even read it and there's going to be a cv right next to it that says at the top flutter developer and it's got a list of projects listed that other person's going to get put forward for the role so the way that you combat that is portfolio if you're getting into something new build things. It doesn't even matter what they are. It doesn't matter if you release apps and they're successful or not successful. If they have one downloads or five downloads, or if they have a thousand one star reviews, it doesn't matter. It means that there's something that you can put on your CV that says, you know, 2021, the name of your app in brackets, three months, maybe it took you three months to build it. And then under that bullet point, Flutter application, next bullet point, use lists and use this and use this, next bullet point, use this API, next bullet point, REST web API. And so now you have something on your CV that demonstrates your experience. So someone that's skimming it can be like, oh, cool, yeah, they've built this thing and it ticks all the boxes that I've got on my spec sheet. So let's put them forward and see if they get an interview. So if you build two or three apps and they don't have to be amazing, fully fledged, like ready for production apps and you release them and then you can put them on there, then that means two things. One, you have something to write in your CV. And two, if you get to the interview process or if you get your CV presented to somebody, they can go on the app store or the play store and they can look at your apps and they can be like, you know what? This guy's been a web developer for 10 years. He's been doing Flutter for the past six months. Doesn't matter if it's professional or not. See, he's just, he's been doing Flutter for the past six months. He's released these three apps and I've just clicked on them. They look cool. Cool. Let's get him in. That's how it works. So those are my reasons why your CV might not be the right ticket to the interview. And those are my top tips on how to fix it and improve your CV. So when you put it forward somewhere, you get invited for that interview. And if you go back to episode, I think it's episode 27, I give a bunch of tips and tricks about how to approach interviews and how I go about it and, you know, ways to improve your interview performance. So you can check that out once you've done your CV and you do make it to the interview. But for now, these are my thoughts on CVs and how to improve them. I'd really like to hear people's feedback. So if you guys think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'm happy to talk about it. If you guys have any other tips or tricks that you like to do or that you've seen people do 
Well, you know, if you guys are, if there's somebody out there looking at, like, if there's some senior developers out there who are actually looking at CVs and approach it in a totally different way from me, I would love to hear from you as well. And on that note, if you like this episode and there's something else that you would like me to talk about in this similar manner, so, you know, maybe you want me to go more in depth than in interviews, maybe you want me to talk about technical tests, maybe you want me to talk about things related to work, so, you know, how do I approach code reviews or how do I think you should approach code reviews or, you know, how do I think you should approach being lead developer, any of those kind of things. Then um, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can let me know in the comments. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can email me rob at coffeeencodingpod.com or you can hit me up on LinkedIn, robj.me slash LinkedIn, or you can hit me up on Twitter, robj.me slash Twitter, all that good stuff. So I hope you guys found this useful. I hope you get some value out of it. And if you do, I would definitely love to hear about it. Finally, if you like the show, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at lowcarbrob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.